Hello world, I'm Jared Cunningham. This is the Freelance Forum 2020 podcast series. Uh, over the years, the Freelance Forum has been made possible by support from the National Union of Journalists and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. This is episode number seven. I'm talking with RTE producer Sarah Binchy about what she's looking for in contributions to the Sunday Miscellany programme and more broadly about the short story competition run by RTE and breaking into broadcasting in general. Sarah, what can you tell me about how Sunday Miscellany works and how I should go about applying with a piece if I have an idea for it as a journalist? Okay, um, well, I'll tell you about how it works in the um, in general terms and it's, it's still much the same for during the current crisis, but we have... Um, we have certain restrictions, I suppose, on how we're editing and that, which we, I can tell you about and recording later. Um, how somebody should uh, see um, apply to get on. Basically, you send in your script on our website, <coughs> which is uh, radio one rte.ie forward slash radio one forward slash Sunday stroke uh, Sunday hyphen miscellany. Um, there's a there's a tab for submissions and definitely have a look at those. And you will see word count, which is one of the most important things. We want to see submissions around 800 words. People often write in and say, oh, I couldn't cut it or I'll cut it if you're interested. We get so many that we need to know that you, the writer, can handle the word count. Um, and uh, so I'd get it within shouting distance of 800 words. Um, and we do, I think people are often surprised that this programme is run mostly through on-spec submissions. Um, and I was surprised when I joined the programme that that was the case, that it wasn't uh, primarily commissions. But what I have found in the years I've been working on it is that it, it gives a huge energy to the programme that the submissions come in on spec and the submissions um, almost overwhelmingly are from people who are regular listeners to the programme, some of them since childhood. So... The submissions are coming from people who are, the listeners and the programme are in dialogue with each other. And that's why I really like to see what is in the post bag. I'm always looking for something that is fresh, new, different, within the bandwidth of the programme. But what a regular listener thinks will suit the programme, that that is always of interest to me. Um, you, I suppose, as a journalist, Jair, and a number of the people that, would be listening are journalists um, they don't like necessarily the idea of throwing everything in on spec they might say reasonably um, why would I go to the trouble of writing something up my time is precious I want to know if you're interested first and while we we sometimes can give an answer on that the answer I most often give is sounds good love to see it because other than say for Christmas which we plan months in advance and some, t- some live shows, which I do a mixture of seeing what's in the post bag and a mixture of going to writers uh, in that particular place. If we're, you know, if it's um, uh, outside of Dublin, which it normally is. Um, but other than those special programmes or maybe a big anniversary, I might commission some stuff um, or a particular theme. But an awful lot of the time, I am very open to what is coming in that post bag. So um, and then because it is an editorial team of one I have a very um, able and uh, hardworking administration colleague, Carolyn, but Carolyn is looking after payments. 
correspondence and various other web stuff, podcast and all that. But I am the single editorial person and I'm just not in a position to get into correspondence about speculative pieces beyond I'm interested. Um, and then once, so so my feeling would be that if there's something you'd like to write, um, it, it isn't a huge hardship to knock out 800 words. Um, it, obviously, it's a, it's, a, it's a few hours work, um, but you can send it in um, and if it is of interest, we will be back to you. And I suppose once you're once you have had one piece on, I know your form, and uh, I will be able to judge subsequent pieces um, quickly. But I would say that even the the voices that you hear on this program all the time, they do it on spec. That's kind of how it operates, and um, it's what work, works best for us. I will also say that if you have a piece that's time-tied, you haven't heard from us, you could place it with a newspaper. If we don't take it, just drop us a line and we will give you an answer. But we can't guarantee to give an answer on every single piece because it, it, you know, the week is only so long. That was a long answer. <laughs> uh, speaking of lead times and so on, mm-hmm. uh, is it the case of I go onto your website and I would... Uh, send you a piece on Monday I'd be recorded sometime during that week for transmitting the following weekend or um, it can happen. It faster or slower than that? It can happen that would probably be the case if just every now and again we would do something that's you know very of the moment and at the moment because of the restrictions on recording and editing I, I normally stockpile I have a studio recording slot with an engineer every Thursday morning and that would be um, that's the main recording slot. So let us say you sent something in and it's nice and timely. Um, it's for something, you know, some some date that would suit in the next few weeks. But you also sent another piece and I want that too. We get you in, you'd record you two pieces and I would then use the first whenever I plan to and I'd keep the second in the cupboard and I would use it when I find a home for it. And so in that way, I have built up a cupboard of good, fairly timeless stuff. Um, that I can draw on. Uh, but I generally would leave a slot free to fill on a Monday for Thursday under normal circumstances because it just allows you to be kind of fresh, you know, in, in, in what you're doing. We had a fantastic piece by Mark Brennock last year um, about the song, uh, the Liverpool anthem, um, You'll Never Walk Alone. And it was... It, it was in response to what had happened just a, f- a few days previously and we got it out fast. Um, I think actually that came in on a Tuesday or Wednesday. I do sometimes have the option to go outside that studio slot and do my own recording self-operated and I will do that when I have time at my own discretion. But in general, I would say the time to get your time-tied piece in is a few weeks ahead. Always be, be willing to send a reminder saying, just telling you that that's there and the date it would suit you such and such. As a rule, I think I think it's good to send material that isn't completely, that doesn't die a death very quickly because we may take a while to get to it, you know. So we always, we always need those timeless scripts as well. Um, but that is, and then in just in answer to your question, of course, because the virus situation at the moment, I don't have that t- studio slot. I'm doing all the recordings myself with contributors some in studio in Dublin 
or in the remote studios only if it's appropriate for the contributor to go in um, and if it's convenient, um, but not very many. Most are being done over uh, an app that you and I are now talking on, um, Tyline, which is what RTE is using. And it just allows me in studio to um, to record. But if, it, if you were reading a script, I could direct you. I could say, could you go somewhere more quiet? Um, could you take that line again? So that I'm finding is more... Um, more productive really than people sending in a five minute script that they recorded on their phone or whatever. Although we have used those two. Generally, they send it. I have some notes. They have to go and do it again. So one way or another, the current moment is a bit of hassle for everybody, but it's surmountable and we're getting through it. I know you're also involved with the Francis McManus uh, short story competition. Could you tell me a little about that too? Sure. Um, that is now named RTE Short Story Competition for Ease of Reference in honour of Francis McManus. And Francis McManus is still very much part of the competition and the kind of um, branding and so on. Um, that competition, which has been running for 35 years on uh, Radio 1, a radio short story competition, um, this year... <laughs> The whole country is at home and writing and we got 4,000 entries. Uh, we moved it online. It was hard copy only, which was, I suppose, in, it, it was a way that we had of managing it that um, we knew we would, we, we were happy to keep it hard copy only, one one entry per person. And part of the mo- motivation there was simply, it is one entry per person, but there's that's a natural um, kind of... Uh, Uh, limit on how many entries we would get because we did worry that without an entry fee um, and it's very important to us uh, for as long as we can keep it so being public service that we do not charge an entry fee for this competition um, we we thought if we if we took online entries we would be deluged but the COVID crisis meant we have no choice about that so we, we have moved online you can still enter by post not this year, the closing date has passed, but um, we will always keep it open, I think, for postal entries. But we we took online too and we got, last year was record, was a record level of entries. It was 2,300. And this year, I know it's over 4,000. The postal entries are still being counted, so I don't have a final tally there. So um, it is a deluge, but we have to live with that. And we have um, some very able judges and a, a, a team assisting them who are reading through all the entries now and um, so that that judging process is going to take through the summer and then uh, there will be 10 shortlisted uh, stories which will be produced read by actors the judges will make their final choices about the top prizes having heard those uh, recorded stories and we will be announcing the winners in the autumn and we will be broadcasting those stories on Radio 1 um, usually end of September beginning of October We'd normally have an award ceremony. That's a watching brief at the moment. We'll have to see where we are at the end of the summer and what we think is appropriate. But um, that's where we are with that competition. Okay. Uh, moving off that, just in general terms, uh, if I were a freelancer who was interested in moving more into uh, broadcasting and audio, I suppose, whether documentary or production or short features or so on. What advice could you give to someone who's been in RT and seen people coming in and out the doors? Mm. What, what, what helps people stand out? Uh, well, 
I suppose I'd be looking at it from a, a number of perspectives. Let's say you are a primarily print or online journalist, but you'd like to do a bit of broadcasting, almost supplementing or augmenting what you do uh, over and above your day job. Um, in that ca- in that case, I suppose you'd be looking for where are there on-air opportunities for you to contribute. And I think, I mean, my advice in a way is always the same. I would I would st- I would start with the program or programs that you listen to all the time, that you really like, that you feel you have something to contribute to. I would get to know the program intimately. Um, if it is a thing that you, uh, you know, you have a particular um, specialty and you feel you have something to offer um, on that basis, I would pitch the producers of the program. The, the, na- the names of the producers are always at the end of the program. Generally on a Friday, the series producer is named. I would get the emails for all of them and I would get the program email and I would probably address it to the series producer, but I would make sure everyone else is copied because everyone is busy, but you just want to make sure they have this information. And I would send a brief, good, uh, the same way freelance journalists pitch everybody, um, an outline of the idea that you would like to do for them and um a little bit about yourself. I think you could possibly put t- up to two other ideas in that pitch. Um, and I would send that in. If you hear nothing, I would follow up, you know, in a 10 days a week. You might have another idea. But I suppose what I would say for people who want to be contributors, it's the kiss of death to say, why don't you consider me for, you know, your regular film review panel or you're this, you're that. I'd say go in there with an idea, you know, give something. Um, and once you are, once you've done one thing, just go back with other ideas, get into dialogue with the team and think about ways that you can make their lives easier. You know, I mean, that is kind of and that just applies for everything. But let's look at it now from the point of view of somebody who actually wants to work in radio Um I mean, I can't, I can't really predict where we're all going to be after this current situation is over. But if I were giving this advice in normal times, it would be somewhat similar. I would say, well, OK, let's say you want to work in radio. You might want, you know, you might want ultimately to get a job in here or maybe you want to develop your skills as a, you know, recording um uh, doing some research behind the scenes and just figure out where you want to go with your career after that. Um, again, I think pick your program, pick the program that you know best and you like best, maybe one or two programs. Make your approach. I mean, I I have always thought it is not a bad thing to go to a program and say, I would like to spend a day watching things behind the scenes. Again, you know, can we do that in the current situation? No, but maybe when we get back to something more normal, just just to observe. And then I would think about ways that you ha- you can offer something. And, um, you know, uh, f- solve problems um, for the program. Think about something maybe that they're not covering or that they have only been able to touch on, but seems to be an area of interest for them. What can you offer in that regard? I think if people are starting out and they want to get, you know, conversant with radio, there's never been a better time to get your own equipment, to, um, get involved with podcasting and all that. I mean, people, everybody has the opportunity, I think, to, um, do a bit more on their own bat than maybe people could 15 or 20 years ago. Um, I th- somebody who can record tape 
and editors is a very useful proposition and who can take direction um, and who doesn't take a long time about doing that and has flexibility and is willing to go out and do that is, you know, they can they can offer their services to a whole lot of programmes. I would also, you know, look beyond the kind of 7am to 7pm schedule, but um, look at the weekend schedule, look at all those specialty programmes like... Um, well, there's Seascapes, there's a history show, there's Countrywide, there's um, an awful lot of programmes that they don't, there's not huge opportunities, I would not say that, but, you know, they are open to freelancers. Um, they are also open, since we were talking about writers and people who want to write for miscellany or possibly write short stories, they're open to scripts, a lot of these programmes, Spirit Level, uh, Arena, certainly used to take a short essay, um, Countrywide would have occasionally a, a short scripted piece. Uh, Derek Mooney's programme. There is, if you familiarise yourself with the schedule, you will see all sorts of opportunities for a freelance with something different to offer, some specialty, some special kind of knowledge. But um, the 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 principle I think would always apply. Just come in there with ideas, you know, um, solve a problem, don't create a problem. And one of the things that occurred to me just listening as we were listing off all those programmes as well is I think people familiar with the 7 to 7 schedule think of RT as being that, but although that has a huge listenership, the main RT, one block, there's also 2FM, there's now the new digital DAB stations and so on who are all doing interesting things, and those presumably would all be different opportunities as well to look at. Very much so. I mean... Um and there are programs on yeah radio one extra on digital on this lyric and uh, we sh- we should mention lyric and um actually for anyone who really wants to cut their teeth in radio i do think making a documentary is the single best way to do it there's the lyric feature and there's doc on one now um the doc on one in particular and the, you know they, they they say it at the end of every uh, broadcast we are interested in your ideas you can email us and um i know they are extremely well subscribed with ideas and they're planned very far ahead but if you have a strong idea and you can work with them you would be assigned a producer and um, you would learn a huge amount about uh, radio techniques interviewing recording editing everything so uh, that is a way to go and beyond RTE there are stations all around the country that are interested in documentaries I mean BAI funded material is um you know, appearing more and more across the schedules. It's a very important part of uh, bringing new, um, innovative programming to radio. I don't think, if you've never worked in radio, I don't think you'd be getting BAI funding yourself, but you should check out the independent producers, check out what they are doing, those companies. It is possible that once you identify a company that is doing the kind of thing that you would be interested in, you could um, you could approach them, offer your services, see if there's any anything they might be interested in, in um, working with you on, you know. Um, anything else, Ger? No, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, take care, bye.